you're listening to the Living Word Church Podcast. To learn more about Living Word Church and our service times, visit us online at livingwordli.org. Today's message comes from our lead pastor, Doug Jansen. Continuing our series here today called Watch God Bless, and today's a little different than a normal sermon or service that we would do. Today is not as much a sermon as it is a testimony and a time to really cast some vision, so I'm excited about that. I really want to talk about where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. So everybody say where we've been. Everybody say 1979. In 1979, Pastor Vincent Pavone and Kathy started Living Word Church. Here's a picture of their their wedding day. We got a picture of, of Kathy here back in the day, and, and here's pastor in the church. He's preaching at the pulpit there, kind of leaning, looking pretty cool there, got the cross behind him, and ready to go. In 1979, they started the church in their living room, um, just to get you up to date on what was going on. Some of the top so- songs on the radio at the time were YMCA, We Are Family, and My, 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 Sharona. Uh, top 10 movies included Rocky II and Alien. The Walkman was invented by Sony that year. The, sur- or not, the snowboard was invented that year. Uh, pastor and Kathy were 31. Um, my, some of you know, some of you don't, but I'm married to Pastor and Kathy's wonderful daughter, Kelly. Kelly was one at the time. I was one. We were not married. We didn't know each other yet. But um, that's where we were in life, okay? Now, the church grew out of their living room, and they rented a space. Then they rented another space. They kept outgrowing these small spaces. And then they bought a half acre on this concert highway. How many of you guys have been in that building on this concert highway over the years, okay? Wow. So most of you haven't. That's pretty incredible. But many of you were there, and these guys literally built the church. We have some pictures here. That was the building they bought. Here they're digging out the basement. That's where our kids' ministry was at the old property there. Um, Here you'll see an interior shot of them starting to get framing. What they did was they built one side of it. They met in that side. They built the other side, and there was a wall between the two sides. And when it was all built out, they took that wall in the middle down. Um, we have a picture here of familiar faces, some Luchis and Sisteris and Tomlinsons. And I'm pretty sure that waft of permy hair in the back in the corner there is my beautiful wife at about 16 back in the day there, that little shadowy figure back in the day there. But man, so this amazing thing happened. And what was so crazy is the people came and did this. They built this. A pastor and the crew would come, and they would put up you know, all the different supplies they needed. They they. they, they like, like the Egyptians rolled out uh, the different beams on, on these huge wheels that they concocted and all those kinds of crazy stuff. And if you were in the old building, it was legit, man. It was an incredible building. And I just want to say we're not going to do any of that in our new space, okay? So just want to let you know. All right, nothing against you all, but we're going to use some trained professionals to go ahead and build this church. But we'll use you to paint. We'll use you to do some molding, maybe some spackling, some sheetrock. But the big stuff we're going to make sure gets done because this is going to be a big undertaking. But I think about all that happened in that old building, man. I think about the people that got saved there, some of you. I think about those that got baptized there, some of you. Some, some got married there. Kelly and I on March, oh, wow. I'm not going to have a place to sleep for the next long. Where did March come from? August 31st, 2000. Man, March. I don't know where that came from. My son's birthday is in March. That's what it was. And so... Anybody, can I stay in anyone's house tonight? Like just, I just need, or hotel, just put something together for me. Uh, August 31st, 2000, we got married there. Uh, a year later, Pastor Ravone made the worst decision of his life and asked me to come work for him. He's still regretting this to this day. And so Kelly and I came and we started a youth group. And um, some of those first kids was a guy named Joey Lucci. I got a picture here of Joey on the right there. There's old Joey Lucci. Uh, more about him in a minute. I got uh, another kid named Andrew Muller. He's on the right also in this picture. So there's Andrew Muller back in the green room back in the day. Um, then 
uh, after doing that for a few years, we, we began to have this heart for young adults. We began to realize that when kids were graduating high school, they were graduating their faith, and so we started the Sunday night service, and we began to see God move there. We had a, a team of about 13 people that started that, and God began to reach college students and young adults. It was so exciting, so incredible. Um, then that Joey Lucci kid that I mentioned, um, he started to intern with us in the year 2007, so that's 15 years ago now. And he, over time, began to step into the youth pastor role and took that from me and has done a phenomenal job. He's down the hall right now with your kids. Uh, all of you who have kids that are four years old to fifth grade, he's spending time with them in small groups and big groups and playing games and telling them about Jesus and has done just such an incredible job. Uh, that other kid I was telling you about, Andrew Muller, uh, he got ordained and we needed a worship pastor and so he worked hard and took classes and did all he had to do and he stepped into the role of worship pastor and does an awesome job of leading us uh, here and leading the team here. Uh, fast forward a little bit. In 2010, my wife Kelly had a burden for the women in the church, and she said, you know, I have a heart that these women go deeper, that they go deeper in their faith, they go deeper in their relationships, and homegirl can preach. Watch out, okay? We had deeper on Thursday night, and she preached the wallpaper off the walls, even though there isn't any wallpaper on those walls to start with, but she could have preached it on, off, and back on again, but um, just does an incredible job, and one of my favorite things about deeper is we go worship, and we go into the message, and then there's this sharing time, and I love that the women sit, and they talk, they get into one another's lives, and they can be real, and honest and share and pray. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Over the next few years, we had a number of interns, and that's one of the things I'm so thankful for, that God keeps raising up young people that say, hey, we want to live our lives uh, for the kingdom. We, wanna, we, we feel called to full-time ministry. We call to part-time ministry or to at least dabble, you know, get our, dip our foot in the pool and kind of see what ministry is like. And over the years, we've had tons of interns. Some of them were Ryan Floridia, Billy Ordal, Jamie Scarallo, Anthony Carai is a youth pastor now in Carolina. We're so proud of him. Matt Peterson, who listen to this, is a biblical Greek professor at Asbury Theological Seminary. We're so proud of him. In his denomination, he is the theologian in residence, which means he's way smarter than I ever was or will be, but so grateful for how God's raised people up. What a beautiful thing. In 2017, Steph Muller came on part-time as our communications director. She does our graphics and our web stuff and all of our uh, different things that are, you know, getting the word out to you guys, and she does a ton of other things in the church as well. In the same year, Lacey Rodriguez came on time, a part-time as well. She's still our nursery director. She's down the hall with your zero to four-year-olds, loving on them, doing crafts with them, telling them about Jesus, praying for them, uh, caring for them. She wears a ton of hats as well here at the church. In 2017, we began to seriously talk about selling our old building. God was moving. People were coming in. We were reaching the community, and we saw we needed a new space. We needed a new area. We needed more parking, all of that. And so we began to pray about that and, and ask God to lead us and to direct us. We couldn't imagine what he would lead us to, but we sold that building without knowing where we were going. We ended up here. Listen to me. In December of this year, we will have been in this building for five years here at the school, portable for five years. Our setup team has done 260 setups and teardowns. Lord Jesus, help us all. We've done a lot of setup and teardowns, but man, how faithful God has been over these almost five years to be here as a church in this space. In 2017, Patrick Hughes came on uh, part-time as one of our service programming directors that's done an awesome job just helping us on Sundays manage the portable location. In 2018, Joe Levante, who helped lead worship today, began, uh, began interning with us. And uh, over time, he did the schooling. He got ordained and became our Communication or connection is the discipleship pastor, and he has a heart just to see Christians go deep in their walk. He has a heart to see people use their giftings. He has a heart to get people connected and really find their place here. One-on-one uh, -on -one discipleship, all those different things. Love it. 
In 2018, the conversation about the new property. How many of you guys have been to the new property? Raise your hands if you've been to the new property. So again, there's, there's got to be a good 40 or 50 of you in this room that haven't been there yet. Man, we've got to get you there. But we start to talk about the new property. Realtors are telling us, not going to happen. This is a long shot. The guy put $6 million into it. How are we going to ever afford this? This is not going to happen. And so we begin to pray and talk. Things went up. Things went down. Uh, eventually, we closed on this beautiful five acres for $1.55 million. How does that happen? You can't even buy a house practically on Long Island for $1.55. We got five acres and a 4,000-square-foot building and all this incredible, beautiful property up there. God was doing his thing. Listen, then eight months later, the world shut down, didn't it? Everything came to a stop. Thank God we had that 4,000-square-foot building on the property because we had someone to, to, to stream our services to you guys. And then a few months after, God gave us this crazy vision. What if we did drive-in services? We've been apart long enough, right? Some of you guys joined us for the first time in those drive-in services. You came out, and we had cars lined up, and we worshiped, and we prayed. Listen, I think that was a real time of healing for our church. We'd been through so much. We'd suffered a lot of loss. People were hurting, and they needed hope, and we needed to be together again. We came together on this property that God had provided, and we hadn't started building yet, which if we had, we wouldn't have had the field to park all the cars. And you just see God's timing, and you see God's great plan. In 2020, Richie Clinton came on as an intern. He's still interning with us today. He's down the hall with your kids as well, wears a ton of hats in the church, is doing an awesome job. In the fall of 2020, I began having one-on-one -on -one conversations with a bunch of the people in our church. I got together with 40 different families and individuals and cast a vision for a new building and what God could do on this new property. That was almost two years ago. It actually was two years ago exactly to this point. And I would have conversations with people, and we were just dreaming about what God could do and how this could all work. And on December 10th, 2020, we were supposed to get together with those 40 people. And we were supposed to have a, a moment where we all committed to giving first. We wanted the leaders to go first. We wanted the influential families in the church and individuals to go first. And so we started there. Uh, but on, on February, uh, or man, I'm messing my months up. On December tw uh, 10th, 2020, uh, we did not meet in person because I was sick, and I, we did a Zoom instead. And I cast a vision, and we committed over Zoom. And then two days later, I was admitted to Stony Brook Hospital. and wouldn't be back in church for four months. Almost died. God came through, was merciful, spared my life, brought me back. In May of 2021, we cast a vision to the whole church what God could do. What God could do here on this property. How he could use this amazing space that he's given to us. And how you guys have responded in these last two years is absolutely incredible. You've been so generous. You've been so good to us. You've been so faithful, you've been sacrificial, and you've done amazing things to this point. In 2021, Leticia DeCicio joined us as our grocery outreach director, and she does a ton of things around the office here as well and on Sundays. Uh, in 2022, my nephew Noah, who played lead guitar and keys uh, today, started joining us also as an intern, and he's doing a phenomenal job. He has a heart for discipleship. He's going to seminary right now, and he also has a heart for worship, and so he's working with both Joe Levante and Andrew closely in that. Why do I tell you all this? I got to not get too emotional here because God's been faithful to our church. And he's got a wonderful plan for our church. And there's great blessing taking place here. From Living Word's inception, we've outgrown several buildings. We've gone from one staff member to 12. We've seen church started, youth groups started, young adult services started. Multiple services happened. A thriving worship ministry, a thriving kids ministry, a thriving youth ministry. A women's ministry launched and thriving. A community group ministry launched and thriving. A small group ministry. An online presence. 
We've seen a grocery outreach started and thriving. One-on-one discipleship started and thriving. 440 Bible study, our Thursday night Bible study started and thriving. Countless saved and baptized and married and baby dedications and amazing volunteers and amazing church family coming together. And listen, we've got our flaws and we've got our moments and we've got our brokenness. But man, what beautiful things that God is doing. What a beautiful property he's given us. What an amazing amount of generosity you've all poured out because God has been faithful and he has a plan. And there's great blessing taking place at Living Word Church by his grace, amen? God's doing some neat things. I love the story in Matthew 17 as we think about how we need provision now. Here we are, almost five years portable. I remember our pastor and Joey and Andrew and myself and Kelly sitting at Buffalo Wild Wings when we were thinking about selling the property and we were having lunch and we were thinking about this and we kept saying to one another, the one thing we don't want to do, the one thing we will never do is go portable. We will not go portable. And God's laughing there as I'm cutting my wing up, you know. And here we are, almost five years portable. And we have this need now to move to, to, from where we've been to where we're going. And I just want to remind you in a couple scriptures today. Again, normally I'm digging deep into a scripture and we're going to go for it. And we're going to get back to that next week and in the weeks after. But in this testimony kind of slash vision casting, I just want to remind you something powerful that happened in the scriptures. Somebody came up to Jesus, or someone came up to Peter, one of the tax collectors, said, hey, does Jesus pay taxes? And, and look at what Jesus says in Matthew 17, 27. It says, go to the lake and throw out your line. He tells this to Peter. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you will find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Now, that doesn't quite work for me when I try to pay my taxes. That's not how it's played out so far. I wish it did. But man, Jesus has a way for us, church. He has a way to bring something out of nothing, something where it should not be, suddenly is. And I I spoke with you last week about just our personal finances. I talked with you last week. And again, if you're new to us or you're watching online for the first time and this is your first time in church, you could ask anybody in any of the seats around you. I'm not a money guy. I'm not a pressure guy. We hardly ever talk about money here. But last week, God had burdened me so much about how much some of us are struggling in this area. And I just encourage you last week, spend wisely. Spend wisely. Count the cost before you go ahead and make the purchase. Be smart about how you spend. And then also, be generous. Give generously, right? The tithe, the offering. We got into all that last week. Spend wisely. Give generously. But then watch God Blessed. He says, I'll open up the heavens. He says, test me in this way. He says, there's a good eye that gives light to the whole body. There's a bad eye, a greedy eye, a stingy eye. But there's this good eye, this generous eye, this open-handed way of living that gives life to the whole body. And man, last week we talked about all of that. But man, here today, I think about the generosity of you. I think about this amazing vision before us. And I think about the God that can provide. So everybody say where we are now. So the construction drawings are done. I've been telling you that for a while. We're bidding out jobs to subcontractors at this point. And listen, I just want to celebrate with you. We've been able to pay for architects, design, construction drawings, permitting, financial advisors, and many other things that have gone into all this over the last several years, not to mention the property that we own. And we've spent you know, hundreds of thousands and all that, and then the property alone was 1.5. But having paid for all of that, we still right now in the bank have $1,430,268.54 in our account. So we just thank God for that. Can we say, God, you've been faithful. You've been good. Thank you for coming through for us. And as amazing as that is, we still have a long way to go. And so just casting vision for what's to come, you know, like we have this gap. So we, we have that amazing amount. Um, we have a bank that is working on pre-approval on a loan for us. But I've been saying all along, I'm praying we don't need that. 
I'm praying that God will come through. We needed the bank to get us going with all of the different bidding. That wouldn't be happening without the bank because we just needed to know, the architects and all them need to know that, okay, this is, this is foreseeable. This is something that we can do. But, man, my prayers is that God's going to come through, that he's going to provide for us in a huge way. There's going to be some fish popping out of some, or coins popping out of fish's mouths here and there. As I encourage you all to start fishing, all right, and we'll see what happens. But, man, this is an exciting time. And I just want to remind you that God has been faithful and he's had a plan. And that God is by his mercy blessing us at Living Word Church. I love the story in 2 Kings 4. And again, some of this is going to apply to you just right where you are. Some of you are here in great need. You're like, Doug, I can't give a penny. I'm in so much trouble right now. Just, can we just remember the great God that we have? 2 Kings 4 verse 1. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. This is a dire situation. This creditor is coming to take this child, these two children. Okay? Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? I love this answer because this is what some of us might say. Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. He's going, okay, get ready for God to do something big, right? Don't just get one jar or two jars. Don't just get a few. Get your hands on everything you can. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She let him, uh, excuse me, she left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring into all these empty jars. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another, but she replied, there is not a jar left, then the oil stopped flowing. What a beautiful picture of God knowing what we need and knowing how to fill those empty spaces and fill those voids. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. Guys, I believe that God is going to provide for you, and I believe he's going to provide for us. I believe he's got us. He's been up to something. He's been faithful. Guys, we're still here. 43 years. Our church is still here. God's moving. There's new life. There's new ways of his presence coming in and transforming people. There's new faces. There's visitors here today. There's people here just been here a few weeks, and God's already doing great things. Like he's doing new things. He's doing new things. And those of us who have been here, uh, some, of, some, some in the room have been here almost the four, full 43 years with Pastor and Kathy. And he's been faithful to carry us through it, where we've been, where we are. Everybody say, where we're going. I really want to talk with you about why we need some urgency behind this right now, what we're trying to do with this new property up the street. See, we want to build our home. Um, we, we, we need a home. Five years is a long time to be portable. And so we're excited about what's to come. I have a friend who's a part of a church, and it's multi-campus, and one of their campuses is going to be portable. So he's texting the, the group chat this past week and saying how excited he is. And I said, bro, I'm so excited for you, but I can't wait for my stinking building. Like, I'm so ready to not be portable anymore. I can't wait. And the truth is, many churches get stalled out right here. Right here. They're, they experience great growth and momentum in a smaller building, and then they go portable. And if it goes on too long, it can just get tiresome. And it can get heavy and weighty. And people can get impatient with things that are not quite what they want them to be. And you all have been so patient. I can't tell you, just as a person, 
who's walking this with you, what that means to me. Your patience in understanding, okay, we're a little bit limited in the nursery right now. We're a little bit limited in the kids' space right now. We're a little bit limited in what we can and can't do just as a whole church. Your patience through this process is just such a blessing to me personally. So if I could just thank you for that first and foremost. But man, this is the time now to begin to say, okay, God, what are we going to do next? God's been so good to us. We made it through COVID. We navigated the ups and downs of that. I'm, if I just be real with you, I'm still healing on an emotional level from leading through that time. If you could pray for me, that would be a great blessing. But man, we got through it. And many people got out of the habit of going to church and half of Long Island moved to stinking Florida. But praise God, there are still some people on Long Island. And here's the other thing. All those houses of people that moved to Florida are now full of people that need the hope of Jesus. And so we've got a great mission before us. Another reason that there's urgency behind this is because as we talk about what we have and what we need, there's a gap, okay? And so here is what the bank and the architects have had us do. I don't like this, and I'll tell you why and what I did in response to it. But here's what they've had us do. So we have what I told you in the bank, right? Then there is what the bank will loan us, okay? There is, if you add those two figures together, what we have currently, what the bank will give us, there's still a gap between what we will need to have to finish this project fully, okay? And so the bank and the architects have said, here's what we need you to do, Doug and staff. We need you to get together, and we need you to tell us, okay, two plans. The first plan is all the money comes in, and we can build everything exactly as it's drawn. That's our prayer, right? But the second plan is, okay, if all the money doesn't come in, which I believe is going to come in, if it doesn't, here are the things that we're going to have to not do up front. Okay? So we have sat with them and said, okay, here's what we're hoping and here's what they've planned. And here now is what we will do if we don't raise the money that we need. And so we have gone back and said, okay, we're, well, obviously we're going to build the full building. There's going to be walls and a roof. Um, there's going to be a floor. It's going to be a functional building. But we've gone into every room in the building and we've gutted stuff out of it. And, and, and that would have to be then built into a second phase. And so our prayer is that God's going to come through. So we've gone through. And, and so, for example... Um, one of the things we've done is in the design, uh, we're supposed to have, hey, Ali, can you throw up, give me that um, bird's eye view of the property. So if you look at the um, wing on the, on the right side, that white roofed wing there, that is the kids' space. That's supposed to be a huge gathering room for them and then three small group rooms. And we've had to say, okay, if we don't raise it all, then we're going to go with two out of the four rooms to start and we'll have to build on later. Um, that wing down on the bottom left side is the whole nursery wing and a conference room. And we've looked at that and said, okay, we'll have to do the same. We'll do less nursery rooms. We want zero to one, one to two, two to three in separate rooms in that new space. If we have to, we'll, we'll figure it a different way and we're going to leave the conference room out. Um, if you go to the top part of that white roof there on the far side that leads out to the, where the gazebo is right now, that is a huge gathering space and we're just going to leave it functional but unfurnished, Okay. Uh, then the black roof is the auditorium, and we've gutted AV, lighting, streaming stuff, cameras out of that if need be, but it'll be functional. You know what I mean? So as we're having this conversation over Zoom with the bank, the architects, the designers, the financial counselors, right, I looked into the camera, and I wish I could have like, done a dramatic Zoom on my face, <laughs> right? But I looked into the camera, and I said, guys, and I don't know that all these people are Christians. Some of them I know are, but I don't know if they all are. And I said, guys, I said, that's our phasing plan, but I don't believe we're going to need it. I said, I believe 
that God's going to come through for us. And I believe that as I share this vision with the church, that God's going to unlock generosity and there's going to be just a, a rising of our, of our people to say, we want to see this thing built out. We want to see this thing finished. We don't want to be phasing and the, the, the headache of, you know, uh, two years down the road. Now we can finally divide the kids' space, right? And we can get that conference room and we can get the gathering space, some sinks and, you know, like, like let's finish this thing together. And so I'm believing that God's going to provide. And I, I've been saying this for years now. It's not about the building. It's about what happens in the building and it's about what we do once we leave the building. The, the people that can get saved in the building, the people that will be discipled in the building, the people that will find community in the building, the people that will find healing in the building, and then the groceries that will go out, the clothing that will go out, the people that will go out carrying the hope of Jesus. Somebody asked me after the first service, do you guys have an evangelism team? I said, yeah. Everybody has been trained and taught how to live a relational life in their school, their workplace, in their neighborhood, and bring the message and hope of Jesus. That's our evangelism team. It's all of us. There's not a team except all of us. And so we believe that us leaving here makes a great impact. I love that we're positioned between a wealthy area and a needy area. And I believe the resources of one are supposed to go to the other. We're supposed to bring that hope into the community around us. As I said, we're two years out from when I started the conversations with those 40 families and individuals. And so what we're going to do as a, as a prayer and as a, just a launching point for God to open up a, a huge window for us here and make up the lack between what we have, what the bank will loan us, and what we need is we've been coached that three weeks from now we're going to do a two-year anniversary offering on Sunday, October 23rd. And listen, you know me. And if you don't know me, let me tell you a little bit about myself. There is going to be zero pressure. That whole day has nothing to do with this offering. It's going to be about a completely different topic, which I'll tell you about in a few minutes. Um, the black box will just be out in the hallway if you'd like to give. We're not going to lower it from the ceiling. We're not going to have eagles fly it in and drop it or bring it down each row. Okay? It's just going to be there. Joe or Pat will do the announcement and say, hey, guys, today's our big offering, or maybe I'll do that announcement. I don't know. But the black box is there. Thanks for your generosity. If you'd like to give online, you can give online too. Two weeks ago, Andrew, our worship pastor, just texted me and said, hey, this new series, do you have any closing songs in mind? And I'm like, it's kind of a hard series to pick a closing song on as we're talking about generosity and being wise with finances. So I just wrote some lyrics. I'll run them by you. Here's what I text them back. Give, give, give some money. We need a building. No one ain't funny. Bring your loose change you store in your socks. Empty them all in the little black box. Thank you very much. Appreciate that so much. Yeah, it's good to be here. Um, he sent me back a gift of Simon Cowell going like this, and I knew I had arrived, so I'm very thankful for that. But here's the deal, guys. I'm not going to pressure anybody, and I'm also in on this. I'm not going to ask you to do something I'm not willing to do or our staff isn't willing to do. And so we're going to sacrifice along with you. Now, many of you guys um, pledge to give a certain amount. Just be blessed. If that's how it works for you, rock on. If you can't fulfill your pledge because, man, life has hit you, be blessed, man. Be blessed. We want to help you. I said last week, what a blessing that our church is a giving church. During the pandemic, people were able to find help because of your generosity. People who had lost jobs within our church were able to say, here, be blessed. Pay your bills. Do what you got to do. Pay your mortgage. Get food for your family. Like, that's our church. Okay? We're not here to twist arms or make anybody feel guilty or bad, but we're going to let you know what's happening. We're going to let you know the opportunity. We're going to invite you into it, and we're going to celebrate the way that God comes through in such powerful ways. What an awesome thing. Some of you guys are new to us. What an amazing thing if like another 30 families joined us on October 23rd along with the giving. 
Maybe some of you guys haven't been able to give yet. And you know what? That's okay. You're all part of the family, man. And as I said last week, the beautiful way that God works it out is as he calls us to give according to like our income, it's not this great weight. It's the person that gives 10 because that's what they make based on what they bring in is giving as much as the person who gives 100,000 because God sees it not as like, oh, this is what you did and this is what you did. It's not, well, let, let's, let's just bear this weight together. What a beautiful thing. And some of you guys have gone over and above some of you guys will remember the day I got to stand up here in December and say that at our staff meeting, Pastor Ravone came in on a Wednesday and said, you know, guys, I think we're just supposed to pray radically that God will um, do something huge for us. Within 24 hours, someone handed me a check for $450,000 toward the building. Some of you have gone so over and above. God's been so good and so generous. Will I lie to you and tell you that I don't lay awake about this at night? No, I do sometimes because I'm a person. And uh, I, I, I think... Heavy thoughts sometimes about all this. But I know that God's a great God. I know he's a faithful God. I know he's a big God. He's been faithful to us. He hasn't brought us this far to leave us now. 43 years of God's faithfulness to keep us and carry us through recessions and ups and downs and, and people moving and people who have been hurt and wounded and people that we try to find healing and reconciliation with and and man, one of the things I'm most excited about right now is the brotherhood and sisterhood among churches on this island. I am in close friendship with 10 amazing, no, 15 amazing pastors. We meet regularly. We cry together. We pray together. We laugh together. We hurt together. We rejoice together. We give to one another. Get, my wife is getting together with their wives. Like, this is powerful. This is unprecedented. When I was a kid, there was three big churches on the island, and they were all to themselves. We've got each other's backs, everybody. I texted with 10 different pastors this morning before I got on stage, praying for you, we're rooting for you. God's doing great things on Long Island. There's more church plants on this island than ever. There's more amazing churches on this island than ever. God's moving. God's doing something powerful on Long Island. They used to call Long Island the preacher's graveyard. It is no longer that. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the lives that are being impacted. Thank you for your faithfulness. Love for you to join us on October 23rd, three weeks from today. No fanfare, just generosity, faithfulness, doing what you can. I'm never going to pressure you, but I believe that as we spend wisely and we give generously, we're going to watch God bless. And we want to be so wise with the resources that we have. Just so you know, we hire an outside company to audit our books every single year. They look at everything. We give them all that we've spent, all that's come in. They see everything, everywhere, every penny went. They audit us. We're accountable, and we want to make sure that we're wise with the resources that God has given us because we just think that there's so much God wants to do. Next Sunday, we're off the money stuff. You can all breathe deeply and come back a happy camper. Next Sunday, I will be speaking at another church's retreat because there's a brotherhood going on right now, which is amazing. Joe Levante will be preaching. It's going to be so powerful Come, be filled, be blessed. The week after that, we're starting a series on heaven. I can't wait. I've been digging deep. I'm ready to go. We don't think about heaven enough. Half of us don't know why we even want to go, what we're going to do, how we get there, what's going to happen. Are we going to be bored? Is it going to be the longest church service of all time where Doug never shuts up? Like, what's it all going to be? And we're going to talk about it. And you are going to leave here so blessed. I promise you, part one, we're all going to be crying together. Because God's so good. And, and what heaven is going to be is so good. And so join us next week for Joe and then the following several weeks 
and we'll be in that series on October 23rd as we give. No fanfare. Go ahead and give. Be a part of it. And we're just so thankful. If you're not a follower of Jesus, God is a giving God. Somebody said a long time ago, you can't outgive God. God is a giver. It's who he is. It's what he does. He gave his life. He died on the cross. He gives salvation freely. He gives hope freely. He provides. He comes, comes through for us. And so if you want to look to Jesus today as your Savior for the first time, I'd love to, for you to pray with me now. But let's pray together. God, we thank you so much that your word is full of wisdom, that you call us to spend wisely and give generously and watch. God bless you. said, watch that I won't open the heavens. Test me in this. So God, we come now to hold you to your word, God, because you told us to approach your throne with boldness. And so we come with boldness and we just pray a big prayer of faith today, God, that you will come through for our church, God. And it's not about our church. It's about your church. It's about this island. It's about the people of this island. It's about those 50% of the people that have filled the homes of all those that left in the last year, Jesus that need Jesus now. God, we just come to you and we ask you for help. It's about this community. It's about this family. It's not about me. It's not about our staff, our elders, our leaders. God, it's us. It's us here together, growing together, loving one another through ups and downs, forgiving one another through hurts and pains, bonding together, carrying one another's burdens. Jesus, we need you, God, and we trust you. And I'll confess that I have my nights where I'm laying awake thinking about it all, but I thank you that you're bigger. I thank you that you've been faithful for 43 years to us personally, for thousands of years to humanity. I praise you for who you are. God, we just come so humbly, saying, God, who are we that you would bless like you have? not a father of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him, I'd love for you to pray with me now. You just say something like this quietly, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you that you are a giving God. Thank you that you gave everything that I could know you. Save me today. Show me who you are. Thank you for this gift.